Welcome to Signs from the Other Side with Fern Rone. I'm your host, Fern Rone, and this is the place to share stories of signs and messages received from the other side. This is season five, and there will be a new episode every Tuesday until the end of 2020. Be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts. And if you love these stories, also be sure to join my private Facebook group. Just search Believers in Signs. And if you like to read and you like stories like Bridget Jones, but with signs and meetings with Spirit Incorporated, Check out my novels, Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. And if you have any questions or want to reach out to me, you can find me on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y, and on my website, fernrone.com. Thank you so much for listening and on to the show. Victoria Shaw had it all. A PhD from Princeton, a published author, two beautiful children. It was perfect on paper, but as she describes on her website, we often make our biggest spiritual leaps in response to extreme pressures and difficulties of life. The tipping point for me was when my children started to struggle. Victoria embarked on a path of healing, peeling back the layers in order to be the mother and person she was meant to be, a path of growth, alignment, and now joy. She is the host of the Intuitive Connection podcast, where spirituality and psychology meet. Hi, Victoria. Hello. Well, I want to say two things right off the bat. I'm so excited to chat with you, but I want to say I love your podcast. So whenever I'm doing like, I'll be doing the dishes or I'm going on my walk, I always, I try to listen to Deepak Chopra. I have a Louise Hay book, but now I'm going through all of your episodes and I'm going to go through them again. Like I want them seeping into my brain. Amazing. That You're makes amazing. me so happy. And thanks for putting me in such esteemed company because that <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. Of course. And I encourage everyone to go to your website. So it's victoriashawintuitive.com because I think everyone listening can relate and appreciate to what you say. Because the minute I started reading your story, I was like, yes, yes, yes. I can so relate to this. And I love how you say that you feel like you've lived two lives. And I think a lot of people, especially spiritual people who are listening to this podcast, can relate kind of like when they were going through life asleep and then, the you know, as we're awakening now, as we're learning. I love that. So can I ask you about your your life before? Yeah. I mean, I feel like actually in this body, I've lived many, many lives at this point because the awakenings just keep happening, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful yeah. thing. But for me, like that big turning point was what I talk about on my website and happened about, I would say about 15 years ago. And before that, you know, I think I was like most people. I was caught up in the dramas in life, caught up in the struggle, did not have super fantastic self-esteem, even though I had on paper accomplished a lot of things. And you know, right prior to that kind of awakening, or first, let's say, level one awakening that I had, there was really just a sense of floundering. And I was really kind of struggling to find my way again. And, and I had this, I remember, this is just popping into my brain. But I remember working with like this medical intuitive, and I didn't really know that's what she was at the time. I just Mm -hmm. had a really open-minded pediatrician that had sent us in this direction. And she's like, you're grieving a loss. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, no one's died. And she's like, well, it could be a loss of yourself, (laughs) you know? And I was Hmm. like, huh. And I think of, I think about that. And I think that she was spot on. I was really feeling the loss of connecting to my true self and those parts Mm -hmm. of ourselves that we leave behind often in childhood as we move more into 
the reality or the, the sense of self that the world wants us to be or that we think the world wants us to be. And so for me, a big part of that spiritual awakening was finding my way home and starting to connect with what was meaningful and important to me. What was unique about me? What was my authentic loves, wishes, desires, purpose? Mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, I think that's where we're all heading right now. I think that's where, you know, people are all feeling the call to come back home to themselves. I can so relate to this. I'm not a mother. We happily child free here. But there have been times in my life where I felt like I was in a position where it wasn't really me. Like I was like, where, like this doesn't feel like me. This isn't my it doesn't feel like home. It, I, and there was like kind of, yes, that like kind of grief feeling. So like I was a lawyer in New York and I'm, and I'm going through the motions and it was such a, I would kind of be so depressed because I was not living my true purpose. I was not me. And I feel like I can relate to that so much. I imagine people often go through transitions in life, getting married, having children, buying a house, moving different jobs, and they have that grief which I think is a great way to describe it. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of false identities that we pick up along mm -hmm. the, the way of life. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with them. You just have to be aware of them and you have to be aware not to get lost in them. A lot of them have to do with, you know, these expectations and these understandings of, say, what it means to be a, a wife, what it means to be a mother, what it means to be a career woman. And most mm -hmm. of those things are things that we've been taught. And mm -hmm. their associations, we learn them from our parents, we learn them from society, we learn them from our peers, and we get lost in them. Yes. And so part of that process of coming home to yourself and your true nature is recognizing none of those things are who you are and mm -hmm. coming back and, you know, setting that intention to create mm -hmm. from that deeper sense of purpose and from your deeper, truer spiritual self. It's so interesting when I was, so I was going through that and I, I never considered myself a creative person. So I kind of, you know, went through life just being like, I do well in school, so I'll be a lawyer. And I, I majored in accounting, like I could do all the hard stuff, like give it to me. And then I had this kind of just, you know, this m moment, not even moment, series of moments, this, this time in my life. And then I started getting back to my true purpose. And I was like, maybe I am a creative person. I started taking writing classes. I started taking all kinds of classes and, and I would get into the flow and I was like, this is the real me. So at that time, what actions did you take that, that helped you get on? Like, what was the first thing that you did that got you on the right path? Such a good question. And, and, and your story is so beautiful. For me, what helped me get back on the path? Let me ponder that for a moment. I mean, I was really focused on my kiddos and I was really focused on mm. their struggle. And as I worked on being a better parent, I started to become aware of the parts of myself that were not in resonance with that goal. Mm, and, yeah. and I did a lot of healing work. And I was super fortunate because, like I said, I had this pediatrician who was very open to a wide range of tools. Mm. And he kept putting tools on my path and introducing me to people that were a little more spiritually minded, a little out of that, you know, mm -hmm. typical Western model box. And so mm -hmm. I started to connect with medical intuitives and energy healers. And the more I did that, the more people kept saying to me, um, you know, what about your intuition? You're really intuitive. What are you doing mm -hmm. with that? And finally, I listened. Nice. And when I did that, 
everything started to change. And I remember one thing I did in particular that was astounding and transformative to, to me. I did uh, astrology reading. And actually, when I think about it, it was the result over a couple years because it took me a couple years to pull the trigger of what mm-hmm. that medical intuitive has said. She had said to me, you need to do you're grieving the loss. Maybe it's the loss of yourself. You need to do an astrology reading. And it took me about two years to make that happen. But I remember having this reading and I, I didn't know anything about astrology. I wasn't, you know, except for the horoscope in the, you know, in the paper. Right, right. I mean, I knew I was a Pisces, but she told me not just my life, but she told me all of my hopes and dreams, all of the visions and the, the big picture ideas that I had about myself and my life and my purpose back when I was a child, back even to high school, I think is where I finally lost the thread and kind of got lost in what everyone else thought I should do. And she gave that back to me and she said, you know, honey, this is your purpose. This is, this mm-hmm. is in the stars for you. This is who you are. And it was such a reconnection with myself and, you know, to have somebody else you know, yeah. read you and tell you that. And I think it was at that moment that I really like wised up and got with the program yes. and started to align with, okay, this is what I'm here to do. How do I go about doing that? It's so interesting because on one of your recent episodes, you said when you were little between like seven and 10, you wanted to be an artist. And yeah. then you kind of, I guess, like most of us, it was maybe you were told like, that's not realistic or what, whatever it was that you decided to become something else. Oh. And, and recently you were talking about how you were painting and I, and I love that you're, that you're painting. I am. I do. I was thinking today when we are done with this, I'm going to start painting again. And what a gift it is to reconnect with that part yes. of myself and that joy. But I will share with you because I don't think I talked about this in the podcast, but actually what I would tell people when I was a child was, I want to be an artist, but I'll be a lawyer. So I have something to fall back on. (laughs) So I will tell you, right? Like that conditioning was already going strong, right? And, um, and, you know, for me, I always wanted to teach. I always wanted to write. And that's why I pursued my, you know, career in academic psychology, which was my first love and my first my first gig. And what happened is it's sort of like, you know, your story and, and my husband's story and so many people I know where the world tells us, oh, you're good at this, you should do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. or this is, you know, you start to follow the path that is available to you. And I always felt like I needed to create my own path. And I always kind of felt like at some point the world will be ready for me to do all the things, bring together all the things that I know all should be one, you know, but I, I, I just got frustrated and mm-hmm. I found myself, you know, doing work that just didn't speak to me at all. And, you know, so I, I let that go to raise my family and then was like, well, how do I get back to that? And I feel now like finally, and this is, you know, at this point, 20 some years later, it's all coming together again. Yeah. And, and all of the threads are, braiding themselves into this beautiful weaving and I'm just so grateful it's perfect I can feel it yes absolutely it, it, it all had and it all had to happen the way it happened always um, yeah always what was it specifically that you saw in your children that that you saw them struggling and you and you felt that you had to change Oh man, I was struggling. I was a frustrated parent I was an overwhelmed parent I was a grouchy parent. 
I couldn't keep it together and my kids couldn't keep it together because I couldn't keep it together. I mean, some of it was real basic stuff like learning boundaries and learning how to be a consistent parent. But also I just found that as I started to, you know, heal some of those wounds from my very own imperfect childhood, it helped me parent from a more, the words that are coming through are spiritually awoke and aligned place. Yes. And I had such a deep desire to support my kids on their journey. And I think so often, you know, we get confused and we think that supporting our children is keeping them safe or or keeping them there like an extension of us and that we have to like navigate their journey as our journey, but in fact, a big part of it was my learning to let go. And also, you know, to let go of those childhood pieces of myself that were hurting and let go of Mm -hmm. all of the misguided, the word that's coming through is like cords, but like Mm -hmm. the misguided uh, conditioning that I had for my own family lineage about what I was supposed to do and who I was supposed to be so I could just be free to be myself. You know, I think that we all come into earth with, you know, the sort of spiritual innate perfection and we all come in as a beautiful, willing, eager soul that's here to learn, that's here to grow, that's here to have this amazing human experience. And I think what can sometimes happen early in childhood is we get into the human world and the human world doesn't work like the spirit world. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in the human world, we learn about our strengths and we learn about our magic and we learn about our resources from opposites. So you learn about how strong you are by having experiences that question that strength. Mm -hmm. And you learn about how lovable you are by having experiences where you don't necessarily, your your lovability is not mirrored back to you. And I Mm -hmm. also believe we choose our parents, Mm -hmm. not our egoic selves, not our Mm -hmm. human selves, but I believe that our spirit, as we are planning our lifetimes, which I believe that we do, have a lot of information and a lot of wisdom and that there's a lot that goes into choosing and planning who your parents are. And that doesn't mean if you're listening out there that you have to like the experience because your human self may very well not. But for me recognizing, oh, you know, I had some reason to have these two people on my path and Mm -hmm. I honor that. The way I understand is we all have our own perspective. And, you know, I'm quite sure that the perspective of other people in my life about how they impact me and how I impact them might be very different than my own. So I can only share my own and things might look very different from their perspective. And I completely 100% respect that. The times that we're going through right now, as challenging as they are, are just such a great opportunity for learning and growth. And we are moving into a new millennia or a new time, or I don't know what people call it, but Mm -hmm. a new way of being. And um, we are we have an opportunity to create a new way of being on Earth. But the one that most of us grew up with was learning through adversity and learning mm-hmm. through, you know, a little bit of suffering. And I always want to be careful saying that because minds are very tricky. And sometimes our minds like to come in and say, like, oh, cool. Then I just have to bring on all the suffering because then I'll be valuable. And absolutely not. Right. Your, your, your soul, first and foremost, is here coming from a great place of joy to have a great joyous experience while here on earth. But sometimes on the path to doing so, we do experience some adversity. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's 
been huge for me to recognize that that adversity that I've experienced in my life is here to help me grow and to learn and it is not any reflection of my inner worthiness. And I think that's what a lot of us are here to learn at this time, right? Like what's happening in your life is not a reflection of how good and worthy you are. And in fact, you know, these things help us grow and we're all growing at a rapid pace and that your soul wants you to be here to experience joy. I think it's so interesting that the doctor you had, that the pediatrician was also spiritual because I, I find that's not often the case, but how fortunate that is. And, and it's interesting because one of my questions for you was, is it hard being, a, you're a doctor, you have a PhD in cognitive psychology. Do you, is it hard sometimes to reconcile the science with the spiritual Uh, I love that question. And I think it's so, I'm so fortunate to have had people in my life, these great role models of people that absolutely were doing that. And I remember Mm -hmm. once even asking my pediatrician, like when I first started doing this work of combining my counseling work with my intuitive work, how do you do this? And he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you get a sixth sense for who's ready to hear all the tools in your toolbox. Mm. You know, and I love that because that's 100% how it's worked for me. But, you know, for me, I feel like I've come full circle home because, you know, what got me into psychology and even, you know, the counseling piece came later. So I have a PhD in research psychology and I'm a crazy Ivy League educated Uh um, cognitive psychologist. And what got me down that path, you know, initially was my fascination with those big questions like what is consciousness and, and how do we perceive and understand the world? And I realize now those were big spiritual questions that I was trying to answer through the lens of a science that's just was not quite ready to accept and jibe with spirituality. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's changing too. And if we look at fields like physics, right? Physics mm-hmm. has pushed those limits where, you know, you almost, if you, if you look at modern physics and I am not a physicist, nor am I a mathematically super capable person, mm-hmm. but I know that, you know, quantum physics takes us right to that, it just points that direction to this new spiritual way of understanding things. But, you know, for me, I had those big questions. And then as I pursued and moved down the path of psychology and the way that research psychology was done, the questions got less interesting to me because everything had Mm -hmm. to be something you could work on empirically and everything had to be something that you could pin down in a lab and spirituality just wasn't part of the equation. And it wasn't until, you know, 15, 20 years later that I went, oh, shoot, that's what was missing. Mm -hmm. I missed that completely. And so now I can take all those teachings that I had. And when I see them from that more spiritual lens, I got to tell you, they fit together beautifully. That's perfect. Yeah. And I think we're getting there. I think we're really getting there. And I always say, like, you know, you go back to 1890 and explain DNA to someone. They would be like... what are you talking about? I don't believe you. And you'd be like, listen, a hundred years from now, it'll be proven to be real. So I feel like that it's like that with everything. And we just have to be open-minded and it's no coincidence that you were led to that specific pediatrician, that specific open-minded person. Oh, absolutely. No question at all. That was a soul connection. And you said something else that I think is so important too. There's actually tons of good research for psychic phenomenon. There's t- mm-hmm. there's some very good research around reincarnation. There is lots of good research out there. I'm actually was participating in a study at Yale 
about um, people that are clear audience, so people that hear their psychic or intuitive guidance. And it's a beautiful study where they're trying to help discern between people that hear guidance that's helpful and people that are psychotic. So there is research out there. I think it's just a matter of, yeah, it's really cool. I think, you know, the issue is, and, and, you know, there's lots of good books and lots of good, solid research, replicatable research on all sorts of psychic phenomenon. The issue is, is that, you know, our minds and science is a socially constructed thing. And, you know, people will see the flaws in things that don't go with their worldview. And not a lot of people up until now have that spiritual worldview. And a lot of the Mm -hmm. quote unquote scientific worldview is one over the last hundred or so years that's really squeezed out the last vestiges of spirituality. And so people, you know, skeptics are going to want to doubt. And so they look at that research and they say something's got to be wrong with it because I don't Mm -hmm. believe in that or that challenges me or that threatens my worldview. And so I see that and I saw that again and again, but it's out there and we do have the information. And if we started to ask those questions from that perspective, and I think we're gonna, we'll even have more, but there's lots of good research out there. So don't, don't yeah. it's, it's already started. That's very exciting. Speaking of, you know, like the mind and, and our worldview, when we tell ourselves, you told a great story of some, well, I think it was a client who was on her way to, to an appointment with you. And she had been working with some very uncomfortable feelings and on the way to to the appointment, her car broke down. And it's so interesting the way people, the way we all interpret different things. I think there would have, there was a time where I would have said, maybe I shouldn't be doing this work. Maybe this is a sign. Right. But now I think, no, this is a test to keep going and keep the faith. And if you're uncomfortable working through these issues, that you're on the right path. Absolutely. Doing the work. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's like, you know, you're making me think the question, what's the difference between superstition and signs, right? Mm -hmm. Because our intuition, our spirit, however you want to look at it, does speak to us through signs in the world and through our experiences. And the way to discern really is to really sharpen that intuitive sense because it will tell you and you can tune in in those moments of because it was true. So there's a really good story. I'll tell it again. Yeah. She found me. She kept asking her guide. She's like, I need someone. I need help. I need help. I need help. I need someone who's like spiritually aware, but psychologically aware. And I need this help. Please universe show me. And she said, one day she asked that question. She opened up a magazine randomly at that moment. And there was my ad. (laughs) And um, it's the only place I advertise. I don't advertise a lot. And there it was. And so she called me like immediately and said, you know, I think this was a sign. And I said, you know, goose pimples, I think you're right. We had a session. And then on her second session, I could tell it was a little bit much for her, you know, because sometimes, you know, the the way that I work, especially intuitively, is I just I share guidance. And a lot of times the guidance is exactly matched for what the client needs. But every once in a while, you know, it can be a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a lot for her. Mm -hmm. And on that second session on her way there, her car broke down. And Mm -hmm. because I have the ability sometimes to hear people's thoughts, I heard her thinking, you know, (laughs) it's a sign. And, um, you know, she was also late. So there was that. But we talked and she did come in. And but it's it's true. Like sometimes, you know, we it's hard to 
evaluate what's happening in your life. And when you're anxious and when you don't want something to happen or when you're overwhelmed, things will break. Things will shut down. We will um, – and the other day I was riding my bike, and I was so tired, and there was, like, this terrible headwind. And part of me was thinking so strongly, I just wish someone would pick me up and I could just, like, get a ride home. And I blew the tube in my tire. And, in fact <laughs> – I manifested that very yes. outcome. It wasn't a sign. It was just, you know, the fact mm -hmm. that rather than call my husband and say, honey, I don't feel like biking up this hill. Could you come get me? Right? I I, I manifested a busted yeah. tire tube, and now I don't have my bike. It's getting uh -huh. fixed. Right? But these things happen. It's okay. And it was a great gift because I did not, in fact, have to bike up those hills. Right. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. And sometimes life works that way. Yes. Yes. I love the story of you went to Egypt last year. I did. And you were a bit apprehensive beforehand. <laughs> so, yeah, I had a friend who went to Greece. And as soon as she told me about her trip to Greece, I said, I got to go. It felt like a total coming home. I don't know, but I felt so drawn to the land, so drawn to the country. You know, some people think like Atlantis was over there in that area. I don't know. But I felt so drawn to her trip. I did almost the exact same trip that she did because it so spoke to me. We went to Delphi, we went to Santorini, and we went to Crete. Nice. And when I went to Crete, I felt like I was coming home. The boat pulled up, and I was like, here I am. This is this land, and I've walked here before. And I felt so at home and so at peace. Mm. And uh, our last day in Crete, we were at the big museum and they had a lot of artifacts from Egypt and a lot of things. And all of a sudden I just heard this call, like, you know, Greece now, Egypt next. Mm. And I am not a world traveler kind of person. And I, my trip to Greece was very cushy and very like comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I was, I would never be someone who would travel to a place where there's some political unrest and it's, you know, rough around the edges. That is not, at all who I might have thought that I was. But the day I got back from Greece, there was an invitation in my inbox from someone I'd been following loosely but didn't really know at all to go to Egypt. Hmm. And I felt I was a little jet lagged. So maybe I was a little more open than usual, a little loopy. But <laughs> I said, oh, my God, I got to do this. And it was just such a crazy feeling. And it was almost like... I was thinking if I don't sign up today, I'll chicken out because it was like, I just knew I had to do it, but I also was horrified and terrified because it was so out of my comfort zone, but I did do it. Um, I signed up and I spent a year getting myself ready. And I mean, even up until like the very last minute, I almost like bailed. And apparently many people, there were several people that bailed at the last minute and did not mm. take the trip of yeah. our group. So it was a thing, but it turned out to be the best decision I ever made. And it was a truly and completely life altering experience. I got on the plane one person and I came, I landed and got off that plane as somebody else. And I'm so grateful to have that wow. experience. Wow. I yeah. Think it was amazing. I, but the year leading up to it, I imagine it could be very anxiety inducing. I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of preparation in did yeah. you get kind of like an education in what to wear, what to say? To... There was a lot of that. And a lot of it for me was mental and emotional preparation because I had so many mental constructions about, you know, why this trip didn't suit me. 
mm-hmm. and why it wasn't going to be comfortable and why I couldn't go on a group trip with like, it was, there were 45 people. I am a highly sensitive introvert. Mm-hmm. I was going without my husband because he did not feel comfortable going. So I was mm-hmm. like on my own with, you know, and he's usually the navigator and the map keeper and the mm-hmm. guy who never loses the tickets. And, you know, I'm usually the one that shows up at the wrong airport. So <laughs> this actually happened. So, um, you know, I had to manage that. And then, you know, there was Egypt, which is, you know, it's not a super cushy country. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a little third worldy. How I was like, how was I going to navigate that? So there were so many things. And then of course there's, you know, it's a different kind of government. I was terrified. I was like terrified of crazy things. Like what if I say the wrong thing and get arrested or what if this happens or my bus explodes? (laughs) Yeah, it was a big fear. Mm -hmm. Um, And none of those things obviously came Mm -hmm. to pass and Mm -hmm. I am anxious and excited to go back again. And I plan to, um, post a retreat there. I've been given the date of 2023 that I'm going to do my own pilgrimage and, and, and host my own retreat because I feel so called to bring people back to that magical, magical land. And for me, it was just a beautiful homecoming. But yes, it was working through all those fears. And the whole time, you know, speaking of signs, mm-hmm. I really felt that whole year that the God of Horus was with me. And mm-hmm. I just, I even get chills when I say it. Mm-hmm. And whenever I would be afraid or ever I would have fearful thoughts during that entire year, I would see soaring birds like a hawk mm. or just a soaring bird. And it was just, it became such a, a message of comfort to me because it would happen again and again and again and again. And leading up to the trip, I had about a month before I kept thinking, cause I'd bought the travel insurance. So I kept thinking, well, if I really want to chicken out at the last minute, like maybe I'll like twist my ankle or hurt, hurt my foot. And then I'll be able to like, you know, get a medical, you know, refund. Mm-hmm. And it's funny cause two things happened around that one. I stepped on a sliver about a month before and it was like in my foot and I couldn't get it out. And, and so I was like torn, you know, like it was fine, but it was just like a little bit funky and I was like worried about it getting worse. And Mm. then about two weeks before, I tripped on my front steps and I twisted my ankle. (gasps) And I remember as I went down, I had the thought of, no, but I want to go to Egypt now. Yes. (laughs) And it was so powerful because I know at that moment, it was like a message that I really wanted it. The ankle was fine. I iced it. I was better in a day. But the thing (laughs) in my foot was still kind of persistently there. And I didn't want to go you know, to a third world country with like, I was afraid to get infected or whatever. And I had a wonderful friend who gave me this salve and, and she helped me get it out. But, and I hope this isn't a gross story. And if it is, you can cut it out. But um, what happened is the day before I left, she, um, my friend helped me like get it, get it out of my foot. And I looked at it the next day and you can't make this stuff up. But the the wound, which was all healed and basically a callus, looked exactly like the eye of Horus. <sighs> I had to and Google what this was, but yes. It was, so it looked like, it was crazy. I mean, I have pictures of it, but again, mm-hmm. it's the bottom of my foot. So it's not like I posted them on Facebook. <laughs> but it was like crazy. And I was like, oh my God, that is like a powerful sign. And on my foot, because I kept saying, you know, foot's about stepping forward mm-hmm. in life. And so it was just so powerful and stepping into my power because the right yeah. side of your body is often power and it was my right foot so it was like so powerful in so many levels 
And then on the plane ride there, I bought a new watch because I just felt like I needed a timekeeper that wasn't my phone and I wasn't going to bring a fancy watch. So in the airport, I bought like a really nice little swatch watch. And, you know, it was a night flight. I'm sleeping on the plane and I wake up in the morning and the imprint of the watch had left a perfect eye of Horus on my wrist. I love it. It was just like, and so I felt guided and I felt protected Mm -hmm. the entire time. And yeah, I still do. I still feel like that guidance is with me all the time. You're amazing. And I can't wait to join your Facebook group. Can you tell everyone where to find you and where to find the group? Absolutely. So you can find me on my website is victoriashawintuitive.com. And that's where you'd find the links to work with me or learn more about my story or all of my offerings. I have an online class, all that good stuff, links to the podcast. The podcast is Intuitive Connection, and that is available on all the major platforms. And my Facebook community is Intuitive Connection Community. And you can find that on Facebook. I'm also on Facebook as Victoria Shaw Intuitive Counseling and on Instagram as Victoria Shaw Intuitive. Perfect. I will put all of that in the show notes too, including the link. It was so great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for being a listener to the podcast. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Signs from the Other Side. You can find me, Fern Rone, on all social media at Fern Rone, R-O-N-A-Y. I love hearing from you and I love hearing your stories of signs. And if you would like to hear more episodes of this show, Please be sure to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. Please also don't forget to join my Facebook group, Believers in Signs. And if you're ever looking for something to read, check out Better in the Morning and Better Believe It. Thank you so much again for listening and sweet dreams.